So God has made space for your Rehoboth to come to pass. Somebody say Rehoboth. God has made room for all of us. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. This is Pastor Thomas from the grand old town of Pula, Georgia with Rehoboth Ministries. Once again, having what we call our fireside chat, sitting around the table with the saints of God, talking about the blessings of God. And I want you to listen attentively tonight. And as we invite you to come to our church, our church services are every Sunday. We have service at 1030. And every Wednesday night, we have Bible study for in-depth study of the Word of God on uh, Wednesday nights at 730. And we're excited to have you once again to our fireside chat. And I'm going to introduce to you three people here, three women of God, and each one of them, amen, love the Lord as they introduce themselves to all of us. Good evening, listening audience. This is First Lady Alicia Thomas. I'm so glad to be here on tonight and excited about the Word of God that we're going to share with you on today. So good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, listening audience. This is Evangelist Angelina Bryan, and I'm also excited to be here tonight to discuss the Word of God because we know that's what's going to sustain us and keep us, lead us, and guide us in all things. So I'm excited about tonight. Good evening, everyone. This is Shelley Garvin, Evangelist Shelley Garvin. Welcome on tonight. I hope you're, you have your listening ears on and your spirit open to hear what it is that the spirit has to say to us on tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Amen. We thank God for being in the presence of the saints of God. Uh, the Bible says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that is the purpose of the study of the word of God. As we dwell together in unity, it says to study, to show thyself approved unto God, that we must have the ability or be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And when you rightly divide the word of truth, you don't do it with any personal intent or any private interpretation of it. It has to be done by the authority of the Holy Spirit, which resides in us. And that's the thing that we must understand. And we had a great, a very, very great time last time talking about what it means to be saved and what kind of church you should look for and what are the things that you should desire out of not only a church family, but a lifetime with Christ in your walk with him. And I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, that the last question we have, do you remember the question, Evangelist? It was, what is it, what do you have to do once you become saved? What are the steps and understanding what it actually means to be saved? Mm. And how can we apply that to our life, to our everyday life? We know what the scripture says, mm -hmm. that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died on the, on the cross, that we are saved. But what? how does that apply to our everyday life? That's awesome. And we're going to just do a brief review um, from what we talked about last time. I believe we went to the book of 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, and we talked first of all about becoming godly sorrowful. 
In other words, that salvation is greater than just repeating a set of words, that we must be intent and sorrowful from an earnest or a pure heart. And as God sees our brokenness, our contrite spirit, he will allow us, amen, to Jesus or Jesus Christ to come in our hearts and fill our hearts with love. And so a lot of times, sometimes people just say things and they don't have really a sorrowful heart, a repentant heart or a penitent heart, or as the Bible describes it in Psalm 51, a contrite spirit. In other words, when our mind understands and our mind is changed and not conformed to this world, and when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there has to be, there must be a change from within to the outward appearance. In other words, you start salvation from the inside out Mm -hmm. and not from the outside in. If you're doing it from the outside in, Mm -hmm. amen, then you're not really being changed. Mm -hmm. Your appearance has changed, but your heart hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Man and man only looks at the outward appearance, but the Bible says, but God looks at the heart. Now, we're not going to get into the modest apparel and all those things. Someone may have may misconstrue that because God does. He's concerned about how we as saints Mm -hmm. appear unto those that are in the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. But as far as salvation, salvation comes from the heart. The Bible says in the book of uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, he says, verses one and two, I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body mm-hmm. a living sacrifice. How? By the mercies of God, by the very place that God is seated right now. He's seated on the mercy seat and his mercy endureth forever. So he beseeches us by the thing that's unchanging, the mercy of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, the reason, the thing that we do, if we do it by reason, our reasonable service is that we give our body because he gave his life. And then he speaks to us that we should not be conformed to this world. And, and I like that about the book of Romans. Confirmation with the world is not a trait that should be possessed by saints of God. We should not be conformed to this world. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Rome, be not conformed. And if Paul said for us to be not conformed, why is it that churches across the nation are making every effort to conform to the world when the Bible says for us not to be conformed, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. The world wants you to conform, but God wants you to transform. And if you transform, then you understand you cannot conform because you have been changed or transformed in the newness of life. And, and that's the thing that we have to understand. And, and as I grow in, 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 in the walk that we're in, I don't understand how seasoned pastors have begun to conform and begin to accept the ways of the world and begin to try to appease even the leadership of this nation because... When I was transformed, 
I understood that I was giving my entire life to God. And that's what Paul means when he says, if you look at this scripture carefully, I beseech you, I urge you, I impale you, I encourage you, I give you a strong word. You need to do this thing, not just do it like a daisically, but you need to do this with a sense of urgency. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed, but be transformed, here it is, by a what renewing okay you need to underline that and this is a point it's not a renewed but is a constant renewing and that's the thing that we have to understand is constant renewing constant seeking after there's never a point in your christian walk where you say i'm done you must constantly say, I have to renew my mind, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove mm-hmm. yeah. what, is. what is that what good, good. reasonable and acceptable, and acceptable and will of God. Yes. We have to prove it. Not only do you prove it to yourself, but you prove it to the world at large. And a lot of times we want to doubt, amen, if there's doubt there, then you really have to reaffirm or prove to yourself by your actions, by your life, that I am what God says I am, because I have to prove those things. And that's what really what it's all about. Much of the things that we went through and God allows us to go through Deuteronomy 8 and 3, we can write that scripture down. He says he allowed in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, I'm just quoting off the top of my head. He said to the children of Israel, I allowed you to wander around in the wilderness. Yes, he did. Why? That he may prove you to see whether or not that you're going to worship the one true and living God. Mm-hmm. And see, if God did that, then he still, he yet proves us the trials that we go through is there to test us and to prove us. Mm-hmm. Let me turn to the, the book of Deuteronomy, 8th chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read these scriptures because I just quoted them real quickly. The 8th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. He says in verse number 1, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may what? Live, Live and multiply mm-hmm. and Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Now, look what he said. He said, all the commandments that I command you, the reason I want you to do them is that you may live, that you may multiply, and that you may possess the thing that I've already ordained for you. So, the commandments was a springboard for your blessings. And see, the people, sometimes we want, we want everyone to be blessed. But the truth of the matter is everybody is not going to be blessed. Everybody has an ability to be blessed through Christ, but everybody is not going to be blessed. But his children, the one that he has given us the promises, God says, I'm going to bless you. He said to Abraham, I'll bless them that bless you, Abraham. All these things he commanded to do. Let me read these latitude scriptures very quickly. Verse 2, 
thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness Mm -hmm. to humble thee. And here it is to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would have keep his commandments or no. He said, I led you. Now, we often say that they wandered around, Mm -hmm. but the Bible says that God says, I led thee Mm -hmm. these 40 years to humble thee and to prove, to see what's really in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I submit to those that are listening even today that a lot of the things that we endure, God said, I'm going to allow this to happen to see if they're going to praise me now. Because everybody can give God glory, honor, and praise when we're being blessed. Mm -hmm. But can you praise him when things aren't going your way? When you're going through, when you're sick in your body, can you still say thank you? When your health, as they say, you can't regain, will you still say thank you? So all of these things, that this, this is a springboard from the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 1 and 2, that he may prove what is that good, reasonable, and perfect will of God. All of these things are necessary for you to really walk in the fullness of your salvation. So here, you confess with your mouth, Romans 10 and 9. Confession is not just repeating words, but you must be godly sorrowful. Mm-hmm. Believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. And when you believe in that and confess, the Bible says confession is made what? Unto salvation. And with the heart, man do what? Believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So there is a mental aspect and there's an aspect that comes from the heart. What is the heart? The seat of a man. That is where his mind, will, body, and soul all meet at one. That's the real you, the heart. That's, that's a tripartite place within man. All of these things are necessary. When you become saved, God wants you to follow his word, follow his will, and follow his way. And without doing those things, you cannot, you will not experience the fullness of salvation. And that is a very, very important thing. It's one thing to say you're saved, Mm -hmm. but until you walk in the fullness of what God has for you, you're not experiencing and reaping the benefits of being a true child of God. Y'all quiet on me tonight. Yes, but it sounds like you're saying saying you just need to be sold out. You have to be sold out. That's what it sounds like to me. And and see, that's one of the things that that I like that you said and use that terminology, sold out, because we speak a lot about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. In order to really experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all of your self-will, self-determination, all of your flesh has to be crucified. So it has to die. It has to die. 
You cannot walk in the fullness of God where there is self-will, self-determination. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I want to do. How can God dwell in that? Now, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, know you not, 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, that your body, mm-hmm. your physical body. body, I want you to understand that. I know we're saved by grace, but he said your body is the dwelling place, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing that we don't understand. If it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit rests, rules, and abides, and it governs the place that it dwells. Without that governing, then we're acting upon the desires of the flesh. Paul said in Romans 7, there's no good thing where? In the the flesh. flesh. Nothing good in the flesh. So here it is. If we're going to ever have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, there must be, this is a very significant point. I hope you guys are listening. You must give God a total surrender in your mind, in your body, in your soul in order for you to experience the baptismal measure of the Holy Ghost. Total surrender. And there's many scriptural evidences of such. You can look at Jesus and the disciples. He had 12 disciples that he selected. Were they, and when they accepted Jesus, like we say, what do you, what is it, when are you saved? When you accept Jesus Christ. So when did they accept him? When they started following him, they accepted him. Yes. Did they have the Holy Ghost? No. 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 So Jesus told believers, go, wait till you be endued mm-hmm. with power from on high. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You have to totally surrender. Peter hadn't totally surrendered. Yes. He was still lying. Yes still using profanity, and still denying Christ. But when they stayed in the upper room for that 10 additional days after Jesus had shown himself for 40 days, there was a total surrender, and they were filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says in the book of John, and we're going to get into this in a little more detail, how do you receive the the gift of the Holy, Holy Spirit? And it's in the book of John, and this is a good question here. Oh, God is doing a wonder tonight, man. Yes, he is. The 16th chapter of the book of St. John. Amen. Now, before we even get into this, when you receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible dec- decrees or declares unto us there will be evidence by the speaking of tongues. And that's what the Bible says. Now, here it is in verse uh, number 13 of the 16th chapter. It says, how be it, verse 13, when he, we know who he is, the Holy Spirit, then he describes it, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into what, what does it say? All truth. All truth. Pastor, how do I know I'm saved? 
because the Holy Spirit won't, won't, won't allow you to be guided into something that is not true. He will not allow you to let anything go, to do anything, to live any kind of way. If he is there residing, when he has come, he will do what? Guide you into all truth for he shall not do what? Speak of himself. Here it is. He's introducing that the spirit of truth is a speaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's not silent. He is a speaker. He will not speak. And when he speaks, he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever, this is what the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks whatsoever he hears. Mm -hmm. So this is what people should do when they're seeking God. And when they're saying, Lord, I need you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Surrender to God. Everything in you, give to God. Come to God with a penitent and a sorrowful heart. Lift up your hands and in the posture doesn't matter. Just you can be sitting because the Bible says in the second chapter of the book of Acts, they were sitting. But you begin to tell God, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. You begin to worship him in any way you can. And God himself, through the Holy Spirit, will change your language and he will speak what he hears. Are y'all with me? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that. Um, mm-hmm. In another way, um, people say, well, how do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Because you know that if it's lining up with the Word, then you know that that's, that's the Spirit of God. It's not any other spirit but the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. If it's not lining up with the Word, then you know that that's not God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Look what it says about here. He said, for he shall not speak of himself. Right. But whatsoever he shall hear, Mm -hmm. that shall he speak, and he will do what? Shew you things to come, come, Mm -hmm. and he will glorify Jesus Christ. He's going to show you things that will come to pass. Mm -hmm. He's going to give you forewarning. Yes. He's going to give you four direction. He's going to tell you things to come. And it says, whatever it is that is of the Holy Spirit, it will always glorify Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not going to glorify self. You don't have to tell anybody. I went and prayed for sister so-and-so. Yes. You don't have to tell anybody anything you did. As a matter of fact, the Bible says what's done in secret. That's right. He says, I will do what? Reward you openly. I don't have to tell anybody what God, what we've done. That's right. Because if I do it in secret, God's going to tell. God's going to tell the story. God's going to do the revealing. God's just going to let everybody know that the work that I've made, the uh, old folks, you say, let the work I've done, not me, but let the work speak. (laughs) Amen. That's so good. good. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine and shall shew it unto you. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, we see that the third man of the Holy Trinity, all one, the Holy Spirit, it bestows upon us by virtue of our airship. Mm-hmm. No longer are we children of the world, but we're children of God. Right. Yes. And as a child of God, 
these things are made available to me. And I thank God for being a child of God. He makes it available unto me. Nobody can come in my house and get stuff that my children can't get. Amen. <laughs> because they are my children. And and what they what because they are heirs, they got a blessing. I'm gonna tell you like the like the old folks used to say, it's got their name written on. <laughs> because they are heirs. Don't be confused because a lot of times people want to attribute God's blessings to the world. Mm-hmm. The world can't get what I got. That's right. The world can't have what I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for the things of the world either. Yeah. I'm just looking for what's mine according to my heirship and what God has for me. Mm-hmm. And whatever God has for me, it is, it is for me. Yeah. What you say, Evangelist Angie? Yes, what God has for me, it is for me. And I want it. (laughs) (laughs) And doing everything that I can according to his word to receive it. That's right. And like I said, it's an everyday battle. Just like the one that word says, believeth. Mm -hmm. T-H, that's a constant thing. You got to continue to believe and trust the word. That's right. That's so true. Always seek his face. Amen. 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 I like that. Continue. To seek his face. Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't even understand that, that means get in the presence of God Mm -hmm. to seek his face, to remain in the presence of God. And you can't even experience joy until you get in the very presence of God. And that's where the fullness of joy Mm -hmm. is. Someone may be asking, how do you get into the presence of God? How do you get into the presence of God? That's a good question. And the thing that here, here it is, we want to know, how do you get into the very presence of God? How is it that me in the flesh get into the presence of a God who is spirit? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the answer there, I just really revealed the answer mm-hmm. because Jesus said to the woman at the well, you don't even know what you're worshiping. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He says, my fathers nor yours are going to worship in this mountain, neither at Jerusalem. He said to them, God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And they that worship or get in the spirit or in the presence of God, worship God, must worship him in spirit. Mm -hmm. It brings us back to total surrender Mm -hmm. to God. This is how you get in the presence. You have to surrender your heart, your mind, your will, your body, your soul, all to God. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we must understand about salvation. Now, I want to be clear with these teachings and and an understanding here. People misconstrue, in my opinion, and I can say that rightfully, so they misconstrue salvation. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree 100%. We are saved by grace through faith. It is what? A gift. Mm -hmm. gift. But this is the thing that we leave out. The Apostle Paul says that every one of us, all of us, Philippians, the second chapter, must work out Mm -hmm. your own soul salvation. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So here we go. Here we here. Here's the teaching, Pastor. Salvation requires work. You just yes. don't get it, and I'm done, and I'm going to heaven. Salvation requires work. Let's turn to Philippians, the second chapter, um, and I don't want to make want to make sure we can we can quote all of these things and make sure that everyone understands. Because if I had a poll now all across America, 85% of America says that they're saved. The question is, are you doing the things necessary? Or are you working towards your soul salvation? The second book of Philippians, second chapter of Philippians. Verse 12, well, I'm going to read 10 through 12. It says, 9 says, Wherefore, I believe God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow the things in heaven, the things in earth, and the things under earth. Verse 11 says that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Wherefore, he says, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, he says what? Work out your own salvation. Work out, work out, work out. Work out. There must be an outward manifestation. Work out of an inward salvation. There must be an outward manifestation of an inward salvation. We do it backwards. We want to have it on the outside and then on the inside. There must be an outward manifestation of an inward salvation. Work out your own, not anybody else's, your own salvation mm-hmm. with what? The fear. Fear. And trembling. and trembling. And when you do that, look at verse 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When you work, God works. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the part we have to see. So profound. We have to do it. We have to do it. We wait on God to do everything, but mm-hmm. God did his part. That's mm-hmm. right. We have to work at it. He ain't going to force Constantly. you either. It's a decision you got to make. You have to make it. You have to act upon it. You have to begin to strive for, as the Bible describes it, perfection. Mm-hmm. That's something that we're going to constantly strive for. And it's a good thing that we have to strive for because I believe some people think they already have it. But you have to constantly, righteously strive. Every day that I wake up, I'm striving. I hadn't heard him say, well done. I'm striving. I hadn't seen him come through the clouds, striving. I I haven't been changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye, but I am striving. I am not willfully, and let me say this, and I want to make this plain and crystal clear. If you are saved, whoever's listening, anybody that's listening, if you are saved, you do not willfully 
sin. Mm-hmm. And I can't make that any more plain. You do not wake up in the morning doing things willfully that are against God's will. That's right. Knowing this wrong and say, oh, pastor, I'm saved. Doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And see, you know, I, I am a defender of the faith. Yes. So does that mean that they haven't surrendered all? They're operating under the power of flesh. flesh. Mm-hmm. Who's, all, who's, who's controlling flesh? The devil. The devil. Yes. So you cannot willfully, I can do anything, I can say anything, I can be anything, I can go anywhere. Oh, no, it doesn't work like that. So either hot or cold, right? The Bible says Revelation third chapter. He said, I would that you be hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Look warm. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Yeah. Now, these are scriptures that we're quoting mm-hmm. because people will use grace mm-hmm. as a veil to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And God said, I want you hot and cold. The scripture that popped up in my mind was James 4 and 17, which says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and, and doeth it not, not. to him it is a sin. Mm-hmm. So if you know it, then you, you, got to, you, you have to say, listen, if you're saved and you're living for God, listen, I, I'm not going to give in to temptation. I'm not going to do what the devil wants me to do. I'm not going to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you do it anyway, it's a sin. That's right. And, and we don't want to sin. We want to be in God's will. We want to be in God's will. That, is, that should be your desire. Now, Apostle Paul also mentioned that too, right? Don't use your liberty. Grace for your, for your own occasion. That's true. Yep. Now, there's a difference between willfully, sins of commission, and sins, sins of, of omission. That's so true. Okay. Now, That's, there you go. Now, talk on that. That's you a good really, I'm going to be honest with you. We sin not knowing we mm-hmm. sin. That's right. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because there are sins that we pr- commit, mm-hmm. and the Bible says he speaks of sins of the body. Mm-hmm. So you can sin without even committing a physical act. Yes. Right. This is why there should be a constancy. Lord, I, you know, every time I wake up, Lord, forgive yes. me for my sins. I don't know if I did something unknowingly, if I thought an act, whatever That's it is. Right. I strive and I ask you for your forgiveness. That's right. right. Yes. That's so true. That's what we have to ask for is his forgiveness. And and a lot of the things that, you know, and I'm just speaking this as a defender of the faith, and I wanted to inform our, the listeners. A lot of times people will adopt ideologies that come from a different time period or come from a certain sect of people mm-hmm. and to try to apply it to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so there's a grand m- misnomer going through churches now that we can, you know, we can do whatever we want to do, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be honest with you. There's so many scriptures that uh, refute your lifestyle that you must do what God say do or at least strive towards it. That's right. How can you rightfully say that, Hey, I'm saved and I can do whatever I want to do. I'm going to heaven. Now, this is the thing that, that I want to bring up. Point number one, heaven is not guaranteed 
for everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, people don't want to hear this. It's the truth. Uh, I have to, you know, teach this to make sure everyone understands heaven is not a guarantee. God created two places, heaven and hell. Not only did he create heaven and hell, but the Bible says about hell that it is ever enlarging itself. Daily. So I don't want anyone to think that everyone is going to heaven. It's a sad reality that somebody has to go to hell and we don't want it's not our our will or God's will. The Bible says it's not his will that any should perish. But look what God says, but that all should come to repentance. That's what God wants everybody to come to a point, a state of repentance not a state of sinfulness but a state of repentance yes. constant repentance That's right. That's right. constant forgiveness and a lot of times we think that um, just one time is enough and I'm done no you need to constantly That's right. say Lord I need you to forgive me so I heaven, need you so heaven is a prepared place for prepared for prepared people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that scripture, I, I think, is in the first chapter of the book of St. Luke. Mm-hmm. And is very significant. Now, I want to I wanna show you this. The 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And I'm going to leave that 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews as a cliffhanger. For session number two. So all of those that are listening right now, I want you to tune in next week as we come back with you for session number two. And we're going to let our theme song start to playing right now because we love the Lord and we hope to see you next week. God bless you from Rehoboth Ministries. May heaven smile upon you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.